What's up, everybody? It's Sophia Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Hope you're having an amazing day. I am really excited to share this interview with Carl Thomas. Uh, You may have heard of him, you may not know of him, uh, but let me just fill you in. Carl is the founder of Live Free and the owner of Triple X Church. So, for those of you who have been interested in the recovery space for a while, maybe you've been pursuing freedom for a while, you probably have heard of Triple X Church. They burst onto the scene in the late 2000s and uh, probably it was around 2008 uh, or 2009 when I got exposed to their ministry and they had been around years before that. They had an internet filter called X3 Watch which Carl talks a little bit about in the interview and um, that sort of put them on the mark but uh, Carl himself uh, was on staff and he's got a really cool story of how he got integrated with that whole organization. He left, he came back, he left again, he started his own thing and recently his own thing has now grown to the point where they were actually able to acquire Triple X Church. So it's an incredible story, but this guy is really cool. And um, when I say he's really cool, that sounds so generic. He's a really cool guy. But um, what I actually mean is that Carl is uh, very um, blunt. He's a straight shooter. He is an ordained pastor. So it kind of paints him in, I would say, a little bit of an inaccurate light because he is really nothing like a pastor. He actually talks about in the, in the interview how he could never actually be a local church pastor. And you'll see why. He's, um, he's loose. He's not a loose cannon, but you know he's kind of loose. And, um, and just, again, a, a really refreshing voice. And he has a book coming out called When Shane Gets Real. And I think it, it's a really unique resource because he is so direct and he's so blunt in his approach. Um, he's just, I know he's going to reach uh, a demographic that probably can't connect with maybe even somebody like me who is just a little bit more churched, uh, a little more eloquent in speech and everything else. So you're going to see exactly what I mean. Um, but regardless of kind of where you fall into and what kind of voices you like listening to, you really need to listen to this interview if, you, if you're interested in just being liberated from the shame that comes with addiction. That's really the major takeaway from this. We talk about Carl's story. We talk about sort of the future of the porn industry and the recovery industry, uh, but really everything centers around shame, getting free of it, what that kind of looks like, and I think you're going to find tremendous value from it. So without further ado, this is my interview with Carl Thomas. So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives, and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts? all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Awesome. Well, Carl, thanks so much for being on the podcast, man. Uh, you and I have been connecting for a couple years. You reached out. you arms wide open, man, and uh, I've always just appreciated that about you. Thanks for being here. Oh, hey, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. I'm excited. I've uh, been looking forward to doing this with you since you, uh, I guess, I don't know, whoever reached out to who, but whatever. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. So, Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, one of the phrases I've always had in mind of you is, uh, is cream rises to the top. And uh, you've been in this space longer than I think most people probably even realize. And uh, you've been behind the scenes for quite a bit. And I really respect what you've done the last couple of years with Live Free and then Triple uh, X Church. We'll get into all of that. But 
Man, just it's it's a real honor. I honestly think it's an honor to be able to connect with you because you've been in this space for such a long time, and I think you have um, you have a perspective that maybe somebody like me and I think a lot of guys who are newer to the space maybe don't don't quite have quite yet. So it's it's really cool to have you, man. I don't know. Does that phrase resonate with you? Like, because I think you were serving behind the scenes for a long time before you were doing what you're doing now. Very long time. Yeah. 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 So, so nearly a decade. Yeah. Why don't you take us back there? How how did that even come about? Man, uh, I'll give you the very scaled back version because, you know, we're covering almost a decade. So okay. uh, followed Triple X Church from afar. To be honest, I felt the I followed the founder more than the organization because I read a couple of his books. I heard one interview, a guy named Craig Gross. And um, yeah, just got kind of infatuated with what they do. Uh, not yeah. so much on the porn recovery side, but more on the evangelism side and just how they approached topics like sex like jesus and things like that in a not so churchy way which really totally vibed with me yeah. um, ironically though i was a porn addict so you know i'm following them but i wasn't following them for the recovery resources per se and ended up connecting with them through a pastor who's who's now a really good friend of mine and actually a contributor in our community but ended up serving on one of their quote unquote i say quote unquote because it, it's truly is a missions team but some people are like missions you know because we they went to porn shows and handed out Bibles, right. you know, so we're handing out Bibles and across the alley from, or across from us is, you know, a porn star getting pictures with guys and someone selling dildos, right? <laughs> we're sitting there <laughs> handing out Bibles. So some people are like, what? That's crazy. So, but uh, yeah, I got the opportunity to serve on a mission and I was still just, I was still, I guess you'd say an addict at that. I mean, I was still using occasionally, Okay. semi-regulate trying to break free i mean i've been trying this journey for a long time and uh, but i only gotten super serious and it was like one of these god-ordained mishaps because there is no i had no business being on that trip to be honest well i, mean, I was no gonna business. say it's like if you're if you're still struggling and you think that would yeah, be not totally the right place. Do, totally do not belong there but it was like i said no one asked the right questions and i didn't lie i didn't in fact my wife was saying I think it's a good idea. And I said, man, I don't know. I, I just think I'm supposed to do it. She said, okay. Oh. And I just started seminary and all this other stuff. And anyway, it was just the perfect storm. That's what I like to call it. It was the perfect storm because between the career I was not happy with seminary, uh, I just found a really solid accountability partners, a guy that was like really, really just doing life with uh, hardcore. And um, then I did this show and at the training I talked to a guy who worked with the organization at the time, and he he basically kind of schooled me without even realizing he was schooling me, talking about how he had had to help a lot of pastors and stuff in terms of guiding them out of ministry for a season while they got right. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I just dropped all this money on seminary, and this guy's this young guy is basically <laughs> telling me, dude, what are you doing? Like you need to clean up your own act, right? Yeah. And uh, dude, it all it all just hit at the same time, and it was like this crystal crystallizing or. Yeah, like just clarity hit me. Like, what the heck are you doing with your life, man? Like, you can't do any of the stuff that you aspire to do if you're being held back by this. And that really was like the catalyst that just pushed me forward. And uh, then, yeah, then I got hooked up with Triple X Church through a, through a, what do they call it? Uh, in, um, what's it called? Uh, not individual study, but you know what I'm talking about. Like, it's not a course. No, it's not a course. You, you, uh, I can't think of the term, but anyway, I went <laughs> okay. to the seminary and I just said, Hey, I got an idea for credits. How about I serve with triple X church in Las Vegas for a week? 
Oh, now, I see. Liber- like a placement yeah, kind Liberty, of thing. Yeah, Liberty University is not, they're not super liberal. They're not super conservative, but they're kind of, you know, traditional. I can't believe I got that swung by them. Hey, give me credits to go out to Vegas for a week, but they've signed off on it. <laughs> okay. And so I went out with them and got connected and then, you know, oh, hey, why don't you help us put together shows in Jersey and as a volunteer and then hey why don't you help us launch this small groups online program that we are trying to experiment with we'll pay you a, a small stipend and one thing after another after another i quit the insurance business two months later they're sending me an offer to come on board full time huh you know run your run all our web properties i don't know anything about a website i didn't even know what wordpress was it was crazy that they made <laughs> that offer but I said, okay, I'll try it. And I did it. And then that led into running their marketing operations. And yeah, just crazy story. And working with them for a long time and then left for various reasons. Sure. And then a year broke, a year, there was a year passed. And then they came back. Craig came back and said, hey, can we, I'd like to hire you back as the COO. So it was a promotion. I said, okay. So I came back, worked as a COO for about two years. And then I stepped away again and launched Live Free. And then in March, uh, Craig pursued his own thing. We'll just leave it at that. And in March, I had this weird, I'm not I'm not one of these guys, oh, I heard from God, but it was clearly God because yes. it just was one of these thoughts that would not, it just wouldn't go away. And the thought was so stupid. It's text Craig and see if he'll let you acquire Triple X Church. <laughs> yeah, right. I said, all right, what the heck? So I text him. <laughs> That night he calls me and a month later we're signing contracts. And so now, wow. now, uh, you know, we have live free and the app and all the stuff. And now triple X church is our ministry. So yeah, it's just crazy story. I couldn't have, I couldn't have ever out myself in a million years. Just, just yeah. one, one crazy turn after another, but here we are. That's amazing. I mean, it's, it is cool how God makes things come full circle and obviously a lot happened there, but it's really only 10 years. Like crazy to think that you did this, little like one week placement while pursuing a completely different course uh, like 10 years yeah. ago. And here you are acquiring the company 10 years later. Um, what was it like being on staff at Triple X Church in those earlier days? Because uh, I mean, Triple X Church was a, a force to be reckoned with, if I can put it that way. I think anybody who was trying to get free pornography to any extent, it was either Covenant Eyes or Triple X Church. And I know for me, yeah. like when I was in university, early 20s, everything I saw was Triple X Church. You guys were like, one of the loudest voices and offering solutions. Um, I don't know, was there excitement? Was there buzz around that kind of time or was it stressful? Yeah. Like, what, what was it like being part of it in those days? It was all of the above. Uh, it was exciting mm-hmm. coming on board. But that organization, we moved very quickly. I mean, I move quickly now, but I'd like to say that I move quickly in an organized fashion. <laughs> there was, it was, it was trial by fire. I mean, literally, we ju- just drop you in the, the shark tank, and if you don't get eaten and you don't drown, then you're then you're you're gonna work out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm telling you. Like, just to give you a quick example. Hire me, right? Hey, we want you to run all our website operations. Again, I'm not I'm not exaggerating. I didn't know what WordPress was. I mean, I knew what it was. I heard of it. I tried to install it on my computer. So that tells you how little I knew. I thought it was software that you can install on your computer. Uh, <laughs> like where's the CD-ROM or whatever, yeah, yeah. I swear, I tried to install it. Like, why doesn't this thing work? Like, it's so crazy. <laughs> and yeah, we want you to, and, and their websites weren't even WordPress. They were custom built. Oh my gosh. And the guy, and Craig's, yeah, we want you to run it. 
said, dude, I know nothing. You'll figure it out. Okay. So then I'm starting August 1st. This is back in 2000. And I don't even remember, but we, it was all, all around a big fundraiser. They were also doing at the time. So I go out to Seattle with my wife. It's a weekend and we're bowling. It was called bowl fest at the time. And Craig comes up and he says, Hey, uh, you want to go do some training? Cause literally my job started the next week. I had to start posting blogs and managing the website. I said, yeah, definitely. I want to do some training. So he sits down with his laptop in the bowling now and spends an hour. An hour might be generous. Yeah, go here, go here, go here, go here. Do this, do this. You're good. Uh, okay. I mean, that was how, how you learn. Wow. Uh, it was crazy. And, and you know, I'm not trying. That was the environment. It was move fast, move fast, move fast. Uh, if I needed, like, hey, Carl, we need to move our podcast, migrate our podcast channel over from this thing to this thing. Okay. I don't know anything about podcasts. Can you help me out? Go Google it. That was the answer. <laughs> Google <laughs> is your Google. trainer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Dude, I've watched so many YouTube videos and help articles over the past 10 years on marketing, websites, automation, everything you can possibly imagine. Yeah, I could I could fill in a, a, a library. It's ridiculous, but that that was how it was. So yeah, it was exciting, but it was stressful too because I was constantly getting thrown into situations that I had zero experience with, and it was up to me to figure it out or fail. So yeah, it, was, no it was rough at times. I mean, that's kind of what I would imagine. I I I'm sure Craig Craig sounds like a, a visionary through and through. So I'm sure he had a big picture, but then. I think the momentum you guys gathered in the early days probably was not expected. So it, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, what was it like for you personally? Because you mentioned even just the way you got your foot in the door, you were still struggling. Like you weren't the guy who was uh, like, I'm clean and I'm ready to give back. You were still working through it. What, what was it like as you continued to work at Triple X Church? Well, I was clean when I, I was clean when I did the job with them. So oh, got it. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, this is like, because people hear my story sometimes and they think, that I'm just one of those guys that, oh, hey, it just instantly, uh, you know, prayed to Jesus and it went away. And I always tell people, I, I don't think that happens, right, overall. I, mm. I talked to a lot of guys, and I talked to Doug Weiss. He says he's only known two guys in his entire life that he totally trusts where that happened. He says, otherwise, I've never seen it happen. Yeah. I said, I've personally never seen it happen. But I've heard guys, oh, yeah, I struggled with pouring hardcore, and I got tired of it. And I said, Jesus, please take it away. And I didn't struggle anymore. Okay, right. Right. So for me, uh, the, the process had been long, right? There was a long, there was obviously many, many years where uh, I wasn't doing, well, heck, I wasn't doing anything, let alone the right things. Um, mm -hmm. But it was just, again, the perfect storm. Everything, I, oh, I think I need to go into some sort of ministry. I feel called. I'm going to go do the work and go to seminary. I, oh, I finally found a real accountability partner who I can really talk through stuff with. Yeah, my wife was understanding things, and uh, yeah, so it was just that crystallizing moment, like I said, where when the guy, when I realized that the thing that was holding me, the thing I was struggling with was also the thing that was holding me back from yeah. everything I wanted to do, and so that was incredible. Um, yeah, that was just it, it, that was incentive, like nothing else, right? Hundred percent. And so from that day on. And I'm not lying. From that day on, it wasn't that, oh, my temptation to look at porn just instantly went away. It was just I went into those moments or it, I would approach those moments with a totally different perspective. So it was no longer 
oh gosh, should I look at it? I don't want to look at it. If I look at it, I'm going to feel like crap, but boy, I'm really horny. I guess I'll go look at it. It was more, ah, uh, yeah, I kind of would like to go look at porn. Should I go look at porn? Well, you can, and it'll feel really good. Yeah. What's the downside? Well, the downside is the rest of your life, Carl. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> it was just the value proposition. It's like, <clears throat> yeah. yeah. No, nope. That's okay. I don't need an orgasm that bad. And yeah. that's literally what happened. And so, you know, but freedom, and I, 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 I know I've read your stuff and we, we think very much alike in this way. Like freedom and sobriety are two different things. Um, you need sobriety. Don't get me wrong on the path, right? Like it's a, it's a process, but I would say I went from more sobriety, semi-freedom and that grew over time, you mm -hmm. know? So mm -hmm. I wasn't struggling with porn as I started working with Triple X Church or any of that stuff. But my, my uh, security and freedom continue to expand as I started doing deeper work and figuring out the reasons that I started going to that stuff in the first place. Yeah, yeah. I love the way you explain that. I totally agree. I think when you hear um, these stories in the church about people who kind of pray it away or get set free in an instant, I, I do believe it happens. I just think it's like maybe 0.1% of the time. Right. But it it kind of creates this illusion that freedom is binary, you know, like you're either free or you're not. But I really think it's a, it occurs across a spectrum. Like we're all growing. You and I don't look at porn anymore, but we're still growing in our personal freedom, right? And our heart transformation and everything else. You, you continue to grow across it. Um, love the way you explain that. I want to fast forward a bit. So I'm just imagining you've left Triple X Church for the second time now. You were COO. You still have this mission. Um, why, why didn't you, I don't know, reach out to Covenant Eyes? Like you have all this experience. Surely you could have landed a job with them or you're an ordained pastor. You could have gone to a local church. What, what was it that said, I need to start Live Free? Well... To a local, I, I after being in ministry uh seven years and just seeing the things I've seen, I would never make it in a local church. There's no <laughs> way I would I would get fired pretty quickly. I just know it, you know. Yeah. Um, it just wouldn't work. So, um, <laughs> so that was why I didn't go the church route. I just know right. it wouldn't last very long. Uh, <laughs> I think of other ministries, I thought about it, but the problem was honestly at that point, I was uh 48. I am 50 now. So I was 48 and I just hit that point in my life where it wasn't, Oh, I want to do it my way, but I wanted to build something that had value and I didn't want to do it. Some other person, I didn't want to take on someone else's thing and do it their way. I wanted to be able to build something fresh hmm. that I believed in. And with triple H church, we had done a lot of great things, right? But we have put, and we put out a ton of different video courses and software and all this other stuff, right? We were always trying to, create new resources but the one thing that i that i always struggled with with triple x church as an employee was that for me um i didn't think the the focus was something just didn't sit right with me right it was like oh we'll put a video course out we'll do this we'll do that the, the small groups program was kind of the ugly headed stepchild right like <laughs> ugly redheaded stepchild was yeah, we have this program over here, but we're really focused on this because this is the stuff that matters. And I'm seeing the exact opposite. You know, hmm. guys buy a course, they do half of it, and you never hear from them again. But the, the small groups, you were hearing people showing up every single week and experiencing transformation and all this other stuff. And I was like, no, I think community is really, that's really the thing. And then the rest hmm. of it is needed. But if you don't have that, right, if you're trying to do this solo, you're probably going to fail. And yeah. so that was the first thing. And the second thing was with recovery, uh, I mean, there's a ton of different organizations out there, right? And 
there's coaches and all these other people. And, you know, one thing I know as a guy who struggles with this, the, the bar, the, the bar of entry, I'm not going to say it is very high. I'm going to say from a person who is say 10, 15, 20 years used to just constant failure, it feels very high, right? Because it's either a huge monetary investment and you're thinking to yourself, and, and again, huge is all relative, right? I mean, when I was dealing with, my poor 99 bucks seemed huge. It's ridiculous, but I'm not, but it was a waste of money for me because everything had failed. So it's like, why would I spend yeah. money for just another failed experiment? Um, yeah. yeah. You know, X3 watch, which was kind of the covenant eyes um, competitor, right? Which, which triple X church at the time had produced X3 watch is still out there, but we don't technically own it. We just recommend it. Okay. But um, X3 watch, same thing. It's, the argument was always, well, no, no, we have our entry level resource. Anybody can sign up for X3 Watch and it's cheap. True. Anybody can sign up for it and it's cheap. But here's the problem. The only way the only way accountability software is effective is if you actually have an accountability partner. So in order <laughs> right. for this to work, you're asking the user to do the hardest thing that he's ever done in his life, which is go tell somebody he deals with this. Huh. I mean, that's that's why he's coming to our website, right? Because he doesn't want to tell anybody. And he's, hey, <laughs> yeah. I found this website. Maybe I can get help here without exposing myself, right? Right. So it's, yeah, it's easy. It seems easy, but it doesn't work unless you're willing to do the work of actually exposing yourself to somebody. Uh, yeah, hey, this is something I deal with. I need to be honest. And most guys struggle there. So the, again, the bar of entry is super high. And I said, man, I also want to come up with some sort of resource or at least resource options, which don't have that perceived high you know big price tag like and i I don't mean like i mean pick uh you know i'm not saying just money i'm saying mentally it's a price tag it's like oh oh, this is easy i can jump in here and do this this isn't that hard you know and it's yeah granted you pay you you get what you pay for often right don't get me wrong but if they never get started they'll never get where they need to go right oh yeah so give them somewhere easy to start. And then maybe at least they get used to the idea. I I can talk about this. I can share this. Uh, This isn't so scary. Oh, maybe counseling would be a good idea. Maybe this course would be a good idea. Maybe I should hook up with a coach or, you know, but they're never going to get there until they start to understand that this process isn't as scary as they think it is. Yeah. And and I think that's the kind of perspective that I mean, that you, um, you could only get from the kind of experience you have. I think it's really refreshing to hear and even the whole community thing, like now, as we're recording this, it's end of 2021. I mean, people hire community managers. Like that's a thing now. Like people are seeing like, duh, like communities where all of this is going, if you want to have any kind of program or any kind of long-term effectiveness. And I think it's just neat that you identified that earlier and and created a an incredible community, right? And and I don't, I don't want you to sell yourself short. Like Live Free does have coaches, you know, and you're doing lives with them and you're equipping them. Like you're offering, a, um, a lot to that community experience and um it's one of the reasons i do recommend people go and sign up for your stuff like you've made it so easy as you said the barrier entry is very low it's really really cool what what's it been like this year acquiring triple x church um i imagine you acquired a bunch of assets that you probably helped build and all that kind of stuff um are you is it retooling are you rebranding are things good to go and you've just added them to the arsenal what's that experience been like and um I guess maybe for people who maybe don't know the Live Free brand as well as they, they're like, oh yeah, Triple X Church, I remember them, I've heard of them or whatever. Um, how, are you, how are you presenting those two kind of unified now, now that you've acquired Triple uh, X? 
Yeah, uh, I when I try to explain the relationship, Triple H Church is sort of it's it's Rocket Mortgage for Quicken Loans, right? Live Free is Quicken Loans. <laughs> we're the we're the mothership, okay. right? But Rocket Mortgage is what everybody recognizes because they have the humorous ads and the you know the flash and like that's the that's the sexy brand. If you I don't know if that's the appropriate term <laughs> what we're talking about, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, that's yeah. the okay, hey, and so that's kind of how we approach it where, okay, triple X church is going to reach a wider audience. Live free is more about we're kind of, we're probably going to reach more people who are a little more serious about their recovery at, and, and maybe have already done some of the, the digging around. Whereas triple yeah. X church is just hitting this wide audience where maybe they've never done anything. They've, they've taken their first sex addiction test and stuff like that, or they're just starting to Google the term porn addiction or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's the relationship in terms of the brand. I mean, Triple H Church back in the day was always kind of a disruptor because um, Craig is a bit of a disruptor, right? And yeah. it was, hey, we're going to get out there. We're going to shock. We're going to awe and blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, through some transitions that they tried with other people, it kind of got a little watered down and it was a little more of a, you know, I don't know, Christianese type ministry where it didn't have that same oh my gosh, I can't believe they said that, right? And yeah. so when we took it over, I was like, hey, first of all, let's get really narrow. Let's let's narrow our focus, okay? We're not, I mean, yes, we're going to talk about sex and we're going to talk about parenting. We're, we are going to talk about these topics, but what is our focus? Before Triple X Church, there, it was always, we're awareness, prevention, and recovery, which is everything. And it's very, you know, it's a very wide, yeah, it's a huge net. Yeah. Uh, and And we are, no, we're about, building we're about starting conversations and, and connecting people with supportive communities that's primarily what we're about um mm. and so we're trying to get back to that we're just going to call it out the way we see it not for though the differences i'd say is back in back then it was a little more hey what what's going to shock them what's going to catch them off guard i don't i personally have never been that guy i don't i don't act the way i act to shock you right i just I'm just brutally honest sometimes. Yeah. And that's shocking. Which can people, be shocking. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. I can't believe you just said that to me. Well, I'm just honest, right? But I'm brutally honest because I'm, I think it's because I'm from New Jersey, but um, <laughs> well, it's definitely because I'm from New Jersey. But, you know, it's just that's what I try to do. Um, well, and I'm also an anagram eight if you're an anagram junkie. So you combine yes. those two, Northeast, anagram eight, forget about it. Game's over, right? So. <laughs> So that's what we're trying to do. It's like, no, Triple X Church is going to be the one pushing conversations and saying the things that people are afraid to say and talking about topics that people don't want to talk about, maybe yeah. approaching them from a different way that people are used to. Um, you know, and, and so we're really working on that. It, it, it's going to take time to kind of turn the brand around and get people reacquired with or re, not reacquired, re, um, reacquainted yeah. with. What is Triple X Church about? Who's running it? What what's their deal? And that's you know that's what we're trying to do. So we're in the process of that. And we are we are starting to see a shift, right? But it takes time because the brand's been around for a decade. So yeah. you know, and it, it's associated with all sorts of things. So I say, hey, you know, you've heard Triple X Church? Oh, X Watch, right? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, no, that's not us anymore. We we recommend them, but that's we're not all about accountability software. We're more about this now. You know? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, it's funny you're talking about your, kind of your brutal honesty, which I think makes you in some ways the perfect persona for the stuff we're trying to accomplish because a lot of people, especially people in the church, are sick of the, the sugarcoating, you know, and, and the lack of honesty on the subject. 
And I think it's really neat that you embody that very naturally. And that's really obvious in your book, uh, which is coming out February 8th, uh, When Shame Gets Real. And I downloaded the first chapter right away as soon as I heard about it. It's amazing. I mean, it, it's just, it, it, it feels like you. I feel like I'm talking to you as I read it. Um, I'm certainly getting kind of that, that embodiment of brutal honesty, a little bit of shock value there. But, um, but, like, but again, just really talking about this in a very real way. I wonder if you can give a little bit of background. What, what inspired you to write a book? Because you don't strike me as somebody who would just write a book for fun or just for the hell of it. Um, nope. In fact, maybe, maybe the opposite. Like, I don't know if maybe somebody forced you or you lost a bet or something, but just tell us a little <laughs> bit about uh, what, what inspired you to write this book. No, I mean, it's funny. Over the years, I mean, I've always had this, you know, in, in the back of my mind, project idea. Oh, writing a book might be cool, right? Yeah. Just because... I want, I, there's things that I feel like need to be said, right? But I've never been the guy that says, oh, hey, let me read the book to set up my, my hopeful future speaking career or, hey, because I want to be a big time influencer. Like, I don't care about any of that, right? It's just not me. And so it's been one of these yeah, pet projects that's been on the back burner forever. And it's probably something I never would have got to because I Every time I thought about it, I was like, oh, you know what? I mean, it sounds great, but man, I got to write it. Then I got to shop it out or I got to self-publish it. That's a lot of work. And I'm really busy with the stuff I'm doing and I enjoy doing what I do. And so I'm not going to get distracted with this. This is, this is a, a passion project that might just never happen. And I'm okay if it never happens. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I think that came out of Triple X Church was I wrote an article early on. I think it was in March, actually. And uh, it was like one of those introductory articles when we took over that was trying to set the stage for, to, to let people know what we were about. And it was right after the Atlanta massage parlor shootings. And mm -hmm. the, I think the subject of the article was something like the problem with anti-porn culture, right? Because people, oh, you're an anti-porn website. Nope, nope. What? what? You know, it, it, it sounds crazy. Right. And so in that article, I basically broke down the idea that, hey, this anti, like making porn the enemy doesn't help anybody, right? I'm not saying porn's good, right? But demonizing porn or porn stars or yeah, it just doesn't help anybody. It's an e they're an easy target, right? But the real yeah. problem is the stuff we're dealing with that's making us go to porn or go to prostitutes or go to massage parlors. And so when it and in the article I said, and when it gets really out of control, things like Atlanta happens. You know, mm. when you read the guys, the shoot, I can't remember his name, the shooters testimonies to the sheriff's department i mean it's shocking but he's the thought process was yeah this is something that brought me a lot of problems and i wanted to save other people so i'm i'm just going to go kill people in a massage parlor like, what logical mind is that the math that's happening but yeah. again it's because we've made something else the enemy and the real enemy is the stuff we've been carrying around inside right so that article caught a little fire a lot of criticism on Facebook, <laughs> yeah, which is fine. I like it. You know, like, hey, you know, that's great. I don't care. You don't have to like it. I'm just telling you what I think. Yeah. And so a publisher reached out to me and said, hey, I, I saw, I read this. This is a really interesting article and he liked it a lot. And he said, would you ever think of writing a book? And I said, I think about it. Why? <laughs> well, if you want to write a book, we're willing to do it. And I was like, oh my gosh, really? And around that time, just, from work, if this had happened four years ago, I never would have wrote a book about shame because I was, I had a lot of things, but over the past two years of working 
with Live Free and working with guys through direct message and just seeing the conversations, uh, I've just become really passionate about the whole shame issue and just say, mm. man, this is the thing that we're really missing out on. Like we're not attacking the shame enough, right? The shame yeah. is what keeps us trapped. It's what keeps us from seeking help. It, it's, it's what keeps us from going back for help when, when we have a, a slip up or a slide back. Um, and quite honestly, it's the reason we go to porn in the first place in many ways. I mean, it's, it's really part, it's deep seated pain, right? And, uh, and we really need to get through that. And so that, that I was just, man, this is something I've been kicking around in my head and really passionate about. Our blogs have been going in that direction. I've been writing a lot. And I said, well, this is what I like to write about. Yeah. And he said, fantastic. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> and then, you know, that was it. So I just started getting busy writing. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. So let, let's double down on the shame thing because I, I totally agree. I think it's it's one of the big drivers. And, and, you know, we're kind of fortunate that somebody like Brene Brown has sort of popularized the whole subject at large, like not just in an addiction context. But yeah. I think you and I can agree between all the addictions out there, um, whether it's substance or behavioral, porn addiction just has this level of shame that I think is unparalleled. And I'm wondering in, in Live Free and the communities you're working with, what's actually helping guys get past some of the shame that comes? Because you sort of talked about it. There's layers to this thing. Um, what, what, for somebody who's listening, what might they be able to do to start tackling those layers of shame that they're experiencing? Yeah, well, that's the, I mean, honestly, that's, that's the whole concept behind Live Free in many ways. Sometimes people say, hey, what is Live Free? And I, I mean, it's a lot of things, but one way I describe it sometimes is it's, it's training wheels for real life, right? Because <laughs> if you're a guy struggling with porn and masturbation and you've never talked about sexual matters with anyone um it jumping into your small group is going to be really hard right or yeah. talking about it with your pastor might be really hard or hey your brother even your family it's going to be really difficult because you have really close connections with these people mm. and we catastrophize i mean i don't want to say addicts but you know what i'm saying like a clinician would say hey addicts that's one thing that's a trait of an addict they catastrophize right and so we spin up these ridiculous, uh, quite frankly, scenarios and, and storylines that would happen. Like, oh, if someone found out this would happen and that would happen. And we just make it so, so horrible. And so we're, we're fearful. And I say, like, man, you know, jump into a community with a lot of other guys, like all other men who are dealing with the same damn thing. Hmm. And, you know, you're going to be able and, – and I see newbies come in and they're all – they're very hesitant. And they even say, this is hard for me to do. And in the back of my mind, logical um, 10 years in my past, Carl, I'm thinking to myself, what's so hard to do? You know, you're talking about masturbation to a bunch of masturbators. Why is that so hard? <laughs> right. But again, it's this, nah, this is so scary. They're going to reject me. Like, really? A yeah. community of guys struggling with porn and masturbation are going to reject you because you struggle with porn and masturbation? Come on, man. But right. that's the concept. That's the way it's people think. Thing, so, for sure, yeah. So the idea is, hey, start here. This is easy, right? You're talking to other people all in the same boat as you, and there's leaders in the community who don't struggle but did struggle, most of them. I think every, actually everybody in my community probably that lead, that's a, a small group leader or a contributor has struggled at one point in their life. And, uh, hey, dude, you've got nothing to be ashamed of, right? Just talk about life here. And once they start seeing that, hey, this isn't as scary as I thought it was. This isn't as crazy as I thought it was. I can actually talk about this and I'm not going to get beat up. Maybe you start pushing the envelope and trying it elsewhere, 
right? Yeah. Outside of a private anonymous type online community, but it, it takes time. So that's a great place to start is just plugging in to a, like, I would say a, a like-minded peer type community where you're dealing with a lot of other people who are all, all on the same journey as you because they identify, right? Mm, but mm. hopefully you can take it beyond the, the realm of, of just an online community because, you know, being, I, I only, I don't deal with shame when I'm here, but I deal with shame with, I deal with shame about this, the other 75% of my time or 75% uh, <laughs> of my life. That's not going to help you much, right? You got to eventually start getting beyond all that, but yeah. small steps. No, it makes a lot of sense for sure. Um, in, in your book, I'm wondering like, so with the title, like when shame gets real, I know you share a lot of your story and kind of what it was like, even just putting yourself out there as a guy who's wants to help in this area, uh, not knowing how people would respond. Um, it, what, what could people expect if they, if they started reading this book? Is this a self-help book? Is this Carl's three steps for gain free of porn? Or is it the story of how you started live free or, you know, like give us, give us a little bit about uh, what people could expect from reading the book. Yeah, well, it's not a porn recovery book per se. I said, I actually said to the editor, so the one thing I don't want to write is a recovery book because there's there's good recovery books out there. There's ones being made. I don't need to add to the noise. Yeah. Um, I want to do something d different, but this is shame is so vital to recovery that it is in some regards a recovery book, right? But no, it's not a, hey, do these eight things and you're going to get free of porn. That, that's not what the book's about. Um Yes, it's probably going to hit home with men more than anyone or or women who struggle with porn, but it's really written for a larger audience. So it's not just those who struggle with porn, but it's for those who are in relationships with those who struggle with porn or for parents and how to talk to their kids about sex and porn. And yeah. churches, like, how do you deal with the subject about sex and porn? And how do you deal with your leaders when they fall to sex and porn? So we cover... I cover a pretty large gamut because here's the thing, like I believe is the reason shame around this topic exists in the first place. Uh, I'm not talking about personal shame over who you are. I'm saying shame around the topics of sex, masturbation, porn is because we've made it that way. Right. Mm. We've made it that way. It was funny as I was actually on a podcast with somebody else the other day and uh, we were talking about, why do these words feel weird when we say them, right? Why does it feel weird to say porn or masturbation or vagina, but not something else? And I said, it's, it's like anything else. I mean, why is bad language, bad language? Because we deemed it bad language, right? The, yeah. A four letter word is just exactly that it's four letters, but we assigned a value <laughs> to it. Right. Yeah. And so point. we, we, we built all these taboo uh, kind of, or yeah, we made these things like holy cows, basically or sacred cows, where it's ah, sex, porn, masturbation, body parts, like those those belong in only specific conversations and at specific times. We can't really talk about that in regular life because it doesn't belong there. And I'm mm -hmm. saying, yeah, it does because it is part of life, right? Yeah. Elbow, you don't feel weird about saying elbow, but saying vagina feels kind of weird. It shouldn't. They're both parts <laughs> of your body, you know. Yeah. And and in the book, I I bring up uh, a study. Like it was an experiment. I think it was it was not in America. It was across the seas, but um, it was it was a wild study. So they took a they took a group of people and they were dealing with um, not sexual language, but curse words and things like that, right? Like f word and stuff. I guess in their in their language, right? Yeah. And they hooked up electrodes to these people that would that would that would sense electrical activity in the skin, right? 
And so when these people, uh, this this whole case, you know, this whole group would say regular, I guess you call it regular words, right? Whatever, normal language. Um, their skin would give off a certain level of activity, right? Electrical activity. But when they used curse words or things like that, the electrical activity jumped up quite a bit. So it's it's not in your head. You're like, hey, why does it feel weird? Because it actually feels weird, right? Huh. You actually are having a sensation happening in your skin. That's why it feels weird. But again, think about it. It feels weird because we've made those words weird. We've made those yeah. those terms where we've made those subjects where we've made it weird. It doesn't need to be weird, right? Hmm. I mean, I'm not saying it's good, but hey, talk about overweight. I'm overweight. I need help. No, most people don't feel bad about admitting that they they need to lose weight and go to the gym. In fact, most guys will say it joking around, right? Yeah. Uh, it's getting to the point where a lot of people are very open about, Hey, I can't manage my finances, right? I'm, I'm financially irresponsible. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and churches will have seminars on Dave Ramsey seminars about financial freedom and this and that. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> but porn masturbate, like, nah, that's, that's a different problem. No, it's, it's still, it's no, no, it's not. It's just a problem. It's not a different problem. It's just a problem. It's part of life. It's things we deal with. Some people deal with porn. Some people don't. All right. Some people are overweight. Some people aren't. So what? You know, yeah. not, not saying it's good, but we need to stop acting like it's this thing that we have to tip your toe around. It's just part of yes. life. Yeah. Yeah. That's so well said. I, I couldn't agree more. So I'm wondering what you would say to somebody listening who maybe is just going to their church or maybe they're even a church leader. How do you, how do you get started on this? Because um, I think the theory of that, like what you're presenting feels far away for some people. You have all these mental yeah. hurdles. We were talking about that earlier, even for a guy to get started, the mental hurdles, let alone the church shame, church culture. Um, I, for me, like I can, I have to be careful the way I phrase it, but I can, well, I think, I think pastors really need to get their act together. Cause I think, I think pastors who are struggling are really slowing down the church, just a personal opinion. But I, I guess I'm just wondering what, what, what do you recommend or what, what can people do to just get started on this journey? If they're saying, Yes, Carl, that is me. I have been tippy-toeing around it. I have been sort of downplaying this, trying to sweep it under the rug, but I know it needs to be addressed. Where, what's the starting point? Uh, I mean, it's like anything else. You, you start in your own backyard, right? Just start with yourself um, mm. in your own families and things like that. You're not going to change – you're not going to change church culture by yourself, right? It's, it's everybody doing a little bit of work. In fact, I mean, this book, I put in the end, I said, hey, look, the stories I share specifically about myself and how I handle things are not meant to be modeled, right? I'm, I mean, I, if you want to do what I tried, sure, go for it, right? It's uh, yeah. buyer beware, right? But I'm not <laughs> putting myself up as the paradigm. The, the purpose or point of the book is to, is to challenge you to step out and do something a little different, right? To get the book's going to make you feel uncomfortable. I guarantee it. There are parts in that book. My publisher questioned me on a couple of things. I said, "You sure about this?" I said, "Yeah." And then we had a good conversation. I said, "Oh yeah, I see that." But at first, their reaction was, "That is really uncomfortable." I'm, yeah, <laughs> of course it is. But yeah, that's the point, yeah. right? You got to get past the discomfort. Uh, I don't have a problem going into a church if they ask me and saying, "Hey, what what do we need to do?" Or because for me, I've gone past my personal shame, right? So mm. in that area, you know, I've, I, 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 
I don't, I just don't deal with it anymore. So it's easy for me to engage in these conversations. It's easy for me to go on a podcast or an interview and just talk about whatever, you know, the first time I masturbated, I don't care. Like I'm, I'm, so you got to start with yourself, right? It's start in your own backyard, keep it personal, get past this stuff yourself. And then enough people do that. People are going to catch on, you know, yeah. but um, it's, it starts with you and then hopefully culture will adapt to, to the needs of its, uh, its participants at some point. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. So my, my final question for you, Carl, uh, when you look 10, 20 years down the road, um, I know we've had a, a myriad of opinions even with guests on our podcast about where they think this thing is going. You know, I think some people are very concerned about, you know, virtual reality and all the different technologies developing, meta, the metaverse, yeah. and um, how that could impact people's engagement with pornography. And other people that are very optimistic and, you know, feeling pretty good, like like we're making strides and this could be like the next smoking, like a couple decades from now, it's outlawed. I'm, I'm wondering where you stand and where do you kind of envision this thing going 10, 20 years from now? Yeah, honestly, I don't really put too much thought to it. Um, I'm not Mr. Hey, let's ban everything or let's legislate anything. I don't, I had, I'm not, I won't mention the organization, but you know, organization reached out to me about, Hey, do you, you want to do something with us or online summit? Right. And most of the organizations push is anti this and how do we legislate? And I said, no, that's just not my jam. Sorry. You, you do you, I'm not there. Okay. That's not me. Don't include me, please. Yeah. Um, I even had a, an article written by a, a public, a, one of these Christian magazines, Christianity or something. They wrote an article when we took over Triple H Church. And <laughs> in the title, I think they said anti-porn. And I re I emailed <laughs> the uh, writer. I said, listen, that's not us, man. You need to do your homework, buddy. You know, and yeah. we, 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 we got along. I, I actually DM'd him on Twitter and he says, oh, my bad. But I was like, no, don't call us anti-porn. I don't want to be in that boat. Um, yeah. But honestly, for me, the reason I don't think about it too much is I don't care. I literally don't care. And I tell people, like, that's the thing, okay? You can either, you can either spend your life trying to clean up your environment or you can spend your life learning how to survive in any environment and not worry about it, hmm. right? If an adult bookstore, not that those are around anymore, but if they, if one opened up next door, would I be happy about it? No, because I have kids, right? But yeah. would it affect me at all? No, I wouldn't care. I'd be like, okay, well, I'm, I might move because I wouldn't want to be next to a bookstore of any sort. But it is what it is. It doesn't affect my life. I know how to deal with it, you know. And I just say, listen, you can either try to dig up all the landmines, or you can just learn how to walk around them and just kind of flow. Like, hey, it's no big deal. So, yeah. I mean, I think we're kidding ourselves that we think it's all going to go away. It's just going to change, right? Everything changes. I mean, infidelity has been around since the Bible, right? Yeah. Masturbation has been around since the Bible. Uh, <laughs> all this stuff has been around. The only difference, one of the only differences between now and 20 years ago is that because of social media and, and technology, it's, it's in our face, right? But all this stuff, like people are going to massage parlors 20 years ago. They were you know, going to prostitutes 20 years ago, they were had all this stuff, right? It, it, technology has made it more accessible. And with kids, that's unfortunate. And I'm not saying you don't do as a parent, your, your due diligence to try to limit their exposure. But ultimately, um, what you really need to be focusing on is preparing them for the fact that this is the world we live in. And you're going to probably run into this stuff and you need to know how to handle it. And why not just, hey, this is bad, but explain them why this isn't healthy. 
And, you know, I mean, was, I've had those conversations with my son. It's like, hey, buddy, this is not healthy. You're going to see it. And mm-hmm. I just want you to talk to me. You won't be in trouble. I, yeah. I assure myself, you will not be in trouble. Okay. We're cool. Um, you're going to end up doing what you want to do at some point in your life. And I can't stop you, but I want to at least have the opportunity to explain to you what the repercussions are because I've lived it. And, yeah, and yeah. I don't want to see you go through that. And, you know, I think I've gotten a lot of credit with my kid. Like he'll come to me and tell me everything. That's cool. And that's the best, that's the best thing I can hope for is, yeah, yes. I want a kid that talks to me about everything, you know, and not feel afraid because dad's going to freak out because whatever. No, dad's not yeah. going to freak out. I've been there. But I am going to tell you why it's not a good idea, you know. Of course, yeah. Um, and try to explain the consequences. So, I mean, but it's not going anywhere. Uh, porn, 10 years ago, porn was big business, right? But it was big business with Vivid and Wicked and all these, you know, big cinema or, you know, big production houses, right? And it was, uh, you know, you're putting out, you know, two-hour epic films and all this other stuff, right? And uh-huh. now it's all amateur and there's there's not – I mean, I know guys in the business and they'll sell, they'll tell you the money's not what it used to be. It's, it's hard to make a living in porn these days because there's so much amateur stuff. And so VR and metaverse, all this stuff is just going to be another, it's going to be a transition, right? We're going to see some of the old stuff die off and yeah. we're going to have a new host of problems. But at the same time, it's the same problem. It's just presenting itself in a new way um, that's more culturally relevant but it's the same dang problem. You yeah. Know, so, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that's why, like, our I know our methods and our approaches are quite similar in really going after the heart of the individual, setting up communities, all those kinds of fundamental things that you're right, regardless of the environment, regardless of the times, regardless of even the country you live in, those things are always going to be effective because they're really speaking to, you know, the core of the person. So, it's, it's yeah. really well set. I, I, I think it was a blog I wrote a while ago, but I remember I, it was, I'm just a loose quote, but I remember it might've been a social post. This is a while ago, but I remember I said something like, um, listen, you know, you have two choices when you're dealing with sexualization and, and porn and well, basically sexualized culture. You have two choices. You, you can either run and hide from the boogeyman, right. <laughs> and try to stay away and insulate and just whatever you got to stay in the closet, avoid the boogeyman, or you can grab the, grab the bat, with the barbed wire, step out of the closet and smash the boogeyman in the head and just yeah. be like, no, bring it, bring it. I'm ready. You know, and <laughs> it's your choice, you know, and I'm not, when I say smash it, I don't mean you're going after trying to put it out of business. I mean, when it steps into your neighborhood, right. Or it, into your house or into your life and it presents itself, you shoot it down and say, no, thank you. I don't need it. You know, like, yeah. so be prepared or don't, but I'd say you're, you're going to be better off if you're just prepared to live in the world we have versus trying to change it necessarily. Yes, I love that. Very well said. I think uh, that's a picture that a lot of people could probably resonate with and, uh, and see pretty quickly. Carl, if people want to get uh, just get their hands on the book, find out more about you guys, what are the best ways for them to connect with you? Yeah, well, for the book, go to whenshamegetsreal.com and you can download the first chapter for free and then we'll let you know when it comes out. Um, other than that, I'd say you know our website's triplexchurch.com. Uh, livefreecommunity.org that's where you can sign up for the app we also have smallgroupsonline.com which are online weekly small groups we host for support groups and then we also have for women spouses right now we have something called livefreewives.org and that's a community for wives that are specifically to help them deal with the effects of betrayal and, and all the stuff they're dealing with hopefully not to have them leave the marriage but learn how to 
work with their husband and also heal themselves at the same time. So hopefully they can restore what they got. So. That's amazing. Yeah, some some very much needed resources there. We both like I know we both cater towards the men's side of things. We didn't really talk much about the women, but we all know uh, that women women need all the help on either side, whether they're addicted themselves or it's kind of yes. on the betrayal end of things. And we do have women listening. So I appreciate you mentioning those resources. Um, thanks for being here, Carl. This has been, Oh, sorry. Were you going to mention something? I don't want to cut you off. No, there. no, no, no. I'm good, man. Thank cool, you. I cool. appreciate no. you having me on. It's, it's been fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm cheering you on the book launch. I know our books come out around the same time and, uh, and just excited about what you guys are up to. Uh, thanks again for all you're doing, man. Really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Carl Thomas. Uh, like I said, guy's a straight shooter, but he's really um, got an amazing story and I know you're going to be blessed by it. I want to give you two action points. You guys know that usually at the end of an interview, uh, my biggest encouragement is like, I know you don't need to listen to me talk anymore. I know it's not the time to educate or equip. It's really the time uh, to move. And I want to give you two things. Number one, you should go buy his book. And if it's um, if you're listening to this before February 8th, 2022, then go pre-order it. Read the first chapter. I read the first chapter. I found it really captivating. Um, was very easy to read through. And um, and if it's a sign of things to come, then I think it's going to be a fantastic book. Uh, the second thing is I would encourage you to go check out Live Free because what they're doing there is really amazing. And um, that was not fluff. Like I actually do refer people there just because they're a very affordable resource. And and our, our resources here are as well. Uh, we try to keep things affordable, but the actual programs do come with a cost and, and we do uh, require a financial investment that is uh, larger, larger than what they charge at Live Free. So I think if you're looking for a place to get started, you want to plug in, you want to get some coaching, you want to just kind of get your feet wet. Um, the way he presented it is very accurate. It's a really good starting point and um, I highly recommend it. And to be honest, even if you're not, like even if you're, maybe you're dabbling, maybe you're the guy who's listening to some podcasts, you bought some books and you know you listen to some sermons and you've done a course here, done a course there. Uh, I'd encourage you, find, find a community that you can plug into uh, on a consistent basis. That is really what makes community so valuable. It's not just that you show up so you can say, woohoo, I joined community. It really is about consistency in the long run. That's my encouragement to you, and um, and I hope that you will do that. We'll put links in the show notes, but livefree.app, that's going to get you to um, to everything they got going on with the communities, and when shamegetsreal.com, that is the book. So links are in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you have an amazing day, and we'll talk soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Sophia again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a rating or review on your podcast platform. Now, I want to take this final moment to invite you to something that I'm really excited about, our deep clean VIP community. Here's the deal. We saw that in this space of manhood, sexuality, and faith, there are a lot of unasked questions. They range from relationships to sex to male anatomy, calling, career, and everything in between. We create a deep clean VIP for men like you who want regular coaching from me, VIP access to our podcast guests where you get to interact with some of the world's leading experts in men's health, a monthly seminar, and a community of men from around the world pursuing success in life and integrity in sexuality. Deep Clean VIP provides answers to your deepest questions, hope for a full recovery, and the necessary tools to make that full recovery a reality. If you're ready to take things to the next level, I want you to stop what you're doing right now and sign up for Deep Clean VIP 
at www.sathiasam.com slash deepcleanvip. The link is in the show notes, but let me give it one more time. That's www.sathiasam.com slash deepcleanvip. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. 